morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio. In the morning you're with the double L team, La Land. Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Ooh, let's see. Oh, um, I had lunch with my friend yesterday for her birthday. Yes. And it was it was really good. We ate sushi food. bowls. Oh, sushi yep, bowls. That we made ourselves. Nice. Which is like food is always better when you make it yourself. Yes. And so. No. No, mm. food is always worse when I make it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Lyle, please, please come to the Lawson Walters Culinary School. I will teach you. I will teach you how to be satisfied. If you make, what, good porridge? I can make, I can make good food. Uh-huh. My problem is not my ability, it's my motivation. Uh. <laughs> there are a few things that I enjoy less than time in the kitchen. I'd rather wash dishes and mop floors than, be, than, than cook food in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's a, I, yeah, there's a very long list of things I'd rather do than cook food in the kitchen. And okay, the other thing that I'm grateful for this morning is that if you were just listening to the news, Newcastle was getting dunked on. <laughs> Newcastle, Newcastle was getting Smashed. dunked on by the news. Well, I've got Newcastle in the news this morning as well. Really? Yeah. Oh well, we're well, not about. COVID. Yeah, we're getting dunked on because, and this is funny. I was driving my friend home from our Friday night like Bible study care group. And yes. he lives right in the middle of town where near all the nightclubs and we're driving past and they're packed. And I'm like, like lines down the street kind of. Packed. Yeah. Lines down the street around the corner. And he's like, whoa, lots of people. And I'm like, yeah, man. And I start telling him like, oh man, those places are just the worst. Like all they do is just like lead people to ruin and literally on the news this morning. They're all ruined. They're all ruined. Everyone's got COVID. They're, so. all, in, they're all in two weeks lockdown. Yeah, that's tough, dude. So. <laughs> oh, dear, we shouldn't laugh about that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. Let's have the the first news story for our positively different let's, news. Let's talk about some positively different news. Well, it turns out um, that you don't need to um, do drugs. D- this is a fact. Yep, you do not need to do that. You do not need to. There is no requirement. Um, spe- I've never done that. Specifically. Um, and I've survived quite well. Well, kind of, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, specifically cannabis. Specifically cannabis. And I yes. know that um, although, like, we would very much uh, promote against the use of cannabis in terms of recreation, it yes. turns out, well, then people say that cannabis have, like, a bunch of, like, Medicinal uses. Medicinal uses and, yes. and properties, particularly when it's, you know, THC removed and like particularly like um, cannabinoid oil and whatnot, how it has the ability to, you know, go in and help with inflammation and all those kinds of thing, types of things. But get this. Okay, so they just did a study in in the University of Nottingham, which is in the United States. No, in, in the UK. Okay, that's that's what UK. I mean, in the United yep. Kingdom and not I've in the United States. Been to that university? Uh, oh, there you go. Wow. I stayed in Southwell Hall. Oh, <laughs> man, you were like, man, I own the place. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I rocked up there and I'm like, well, there you go. Anyway. 
<laughs> so anyways, they've done a study that has found that exercise increases the body's own um, what they call endocannabinoids right. within gut microbes that reduce inflammation. Okay. So this sounds kind of... Is that more or less effective than the synthetic one that you get from... Uh, cannabis products. So this is the thing is that they, they did this study. They had uh, 78 different people who were suffering with arthritis um, and they got 38 of them to, you know, do 15 minutes of muscle strengthening exercise every single day for six weeks versus a group of them who didn't. And they, you know, there's a different, like, there's a bunch of different like factors that, that come into this, um, whether the, the people on each side of the study, you know, what their health levels are at prior to the study and so they balanced it as much as possible you know to have a fair sample size on both sides um but yeah both of these two groups of people had arthritis uh and were struggling with arthritis they none of the people in the group and they made sure they screened this before they did it none of the people in the group were using um yeah medicinal cannabis or, or anything like that to help their arthritis um, but they just got them to do 15 minutes of exercise a day. Um, and they found a remarkable change within a number of things. Um, firstly, a lot of the inflammation of arthritis going down. Um, but a result, the, res- the reason that was is they found a big change in like gut microbes. Um, but that big change in gut microbes led to higher productions of endocannabinoids, which caused this anti-inflammatory effect um, and has ultimately led them to live happy and healthier and that more is absolutely awesome. Movement intensing intensive lives. Just get out and do some walking, do some exercise, do some walking, get some fresh air. Yeah, reduce your um, reduce your depression. Yeah, because there's, there's nothing bad about getting out and doing some. Mm. Just some walking, get some exercise. You can do some walking or like pick up, I don't know, some, depending on your strength level, some one kilo, two kilo, five kilo, 10 kilo, 15 kilo if you're a bodybuilder weights and just, yeah, just swing a few weights. Yeah, why not? Swing a few weights and do some stretching. Bam, there you go. And according to this, like (laughs) you're reaping all the benefits of uh, ingesting potentially harmful substances without ingesting them. (laughs) That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Let's have more of it. So that is awesome. Oh, dude, this other story that I I came across is so cool. It's in the the area of human health um, and space. And so I'm like, this is is awesome. So uh, when they send astronauts to space and they particularly when they live in the space station um because of the low gravity they suffer from a condition um called like eyeball squishing uh and it's essentially because there's no gravity mm-hmm. and the fluids in your body are just kind of doing whatever mm-hmm. they tend to float up into the head oh and actually squish your eyeballs and make your sight worse that's not good. So, it's particularly if you're on the space station for more than six months, they've this seen- is going to be this is going to be this is going to be very bad for traveling to Mars. Th- that's right, and this is like why they've made some technology that will will counteract this. But this is what I was reading. That's crazy. Is that like if you're in the space station for more than six months, like you really start like they've said pretty much every one of their astronauts starts having vision problems. They need people to come and help them to to do things like and because they're like not necessarily get you know they're not like making a stigmatism out of nowhere they have no ability to treat it 
Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. then, because they knew this was happening and it had been documented, they had come up with a device that basically checks their eyes and checks, you know, their their ability to see. And then once they're, like, struggling to see, they would kind of get them out and send them we back to you. need to, to create a, some kind of a, um, a gravity, artificial gravity. Well, what they've done is they've created a sleeping bag so that you sleep in. It kind of looks like an iron lung. Um you, right. You sleep in this sleeping bag, but it's like an iron lung that only goes up to your waist. And basically what the sleeping bag does is pull all of the fluids that are floating up to your head because of zero gravity. Back down to your feet. Sucks them down to your feet every night. So, that you so down to your feet problem. at night, up to your head in the day, down to your feet at night. That's right. Keep the circulation going, if nothing else. Yeah, that's right. It, well, that's that's the biggest thing. It's like, well, yeah, whether it's, blood or whatever it is um, floating up their saliva. Uh, yeah, all different things just like getting up to the top of the head. Yeah, there was one guy who had a case where his vision went from 20-20 perfect vision to 2100. Um, so that means that basically what you should be able to see at 100 meters, he could only see at 20 meters. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Which is like... That's a, bad. It's a rapid decline in eyesight. Ooh. Um, interestingly That's enough... That's a high cost for going to space. I got my eyes tested a few years ago, and I had 20-10 vision. So what people can usually see at 10 meters, I can see at 20 meters. So I have really good eyesight. But this right. guy... But this guy, yeah, he was going... So what you way. want is 20-10, not 10-20. If you, yeah, if you have 10, 20, you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. You're going to get glasses. That's right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a really good, you know, and, and this is the big prompting is we want to send people to Mars, which is going to take a long time, and it would be really bad if they got to Mars and then couldn't see. So, that would be a very that would, that be would a, definitely be a negative. A not very good thing. Okay, this is a story I was going to talk about yesterday. Uh, but I didn't get time to. And it's essentially uh, the UK's chief veterinarian officer has told the BBC, he's come to the BBC and he said, the level of a- avian flu in the UK is at like catastrophic levels. Basically, bird flu is rife amongst birds that are out in the open, but they've like come into the farms and like chicken after chicken and fowl after fowl and turkey after turkey are just dropping to blair uh, to bird flu. So does bird flu only go through the um through the population of farmed fowls or does it just go just just wipe it out goes, bird life? It goes through everything. Yeah, that's nasty. And so basically uh in the UK they have 35 infected premises um with 31 being in England, two in uh, three in Wales, two in Scotland and two in Northern Ireland. Um and I know we're in Australia, but I wanted to highlight this point is that as we can see here, you know, bird flu also exists in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and can happen. Um, so, therefore, ultimate conclusion, stop eating birds. Yeah, I think so. I think that if we didn't eat birds anymore, then there would be less transmission of bird flu because it's not really one of those things that you hear about ripping through the wild population. I'm assuming that it does. Yeah. But it seems that it starts... Because the farm population is so condensed. Yeah. That's where it turns into a massive problem. Like one bird with bird flu flies into a... In, into a site, and then all of a sudden, all these birds have bird flu. Or maybe it poops on the side as it flies over. I yeah. don't know how. Yeah. Whatever it may be. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
We should mm. probably talk about some more serious news this morning. And a school district in California has encouraged students and staff to place a hex, otherwise known as a curse, on police and on anybody who uh, supports All Lives Matter movement. <laughs> That's so cringe, dude. So wait, okay, wait, wait. Who, who did the school board? No, the school district. The school district. Yes, okay, the school district. So this is like a whole bunch of uh, schools <clears throat> within a particular district. Ah, okay. So they've got, they've got, uh, you know, they've got, um, you know, basically it's part of a writing guide. Mm. And so the, the the thing is, if you feel oppressed by somebody or whatever it might be, then you should place a curse on them. Shouldn't hex them. Should hex them. So just to just to clarify what hexing is, <laughs> hexing is practiced in witchcraft uh, by pagans, neo pagans, witches, and so forth, and it's a way of placing a curse on them to bring uh, great great misfortune, mm. physical harm, or manipulation, so that you can actually change them and manipulate mm. them. So this is this is a a pretty serious, you know, if if this was taken seriously in law, it would be considered. Uh, a major assault. Mm. Well, I'm kind of sad that I know this, but the reason this is happening, this is actually like pretty trendy at the moment. Like the whole like, um, but particularly on on like TikTok and stuff. Like, yeah, people being into like witchcraft and talking about hexing, and it was a big joke because like there was a group of people who were actually serious about it, and then everyone like kind of jokingly like. taking it seriously like there was a big there was a big joke about like like well the 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 kind of this pagan witch community in the united states that represent themselves on tiktok being like oh we need to hex elon musk and 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 everyone joking around and being like yeah because he made bitcoin go down in price and so it's just been it's like, sad that you know about this Lord. Yeah, i know it's sad that i know about this but this is the thing i'm so surprised because that's it's like trendy it's like a trendy thing amongst like young people like but a very niche group but that has turned into a meme for the rest of young people as like a joke of like oh look at these idiots doing hexing like oh we'll pretend to go along with it but now the school board or the school district within california is like taking it seriously yes taking it very very seriously <laughs> so funny. Um, so this is a writing guide uh-huh. um so it's part of a writing guide and and, and that you know you're writing about certain things is like okay this is a great thing to uh, to, to write about and a great thing to be doing apparently um and they see it as a way of attacking racism and people that oppose mm. LGBT plus movement, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all that, all of the uh, injustices, and so basically, uh, when it, what it comes down to is that the recommendation is to deal with injustice, bigotry, and bullying by uh, cursing people with great misfortune, physical harm, and manipulating them. In other words, Powerful. you deal with injustice, bigotry, and bullying with injustice, bigotry, and bullying. Mm. You know, you become the you you. you you harness the power of Satan to actually, you know, and spiritualism to go after these guys, and it's and it's taken very very seriously. And the thing is, okay, it might become a meme, and it be, might become a joke amongst a whole slew of young people. Yeah. But the reality is that people who are into witchcraft, people yeah. who are into paganism, they take this stuff super seriously. Yeah. Oh, totally. And yeah. it's not a joke. It's actually a real thing. And this is one of the reasons why the devil loves to see it turned into a meme and a joke because it hides his real power. Mm. And Satan is real. Satan does uh, involve himself in these kinds of things um, where he can. Um, it states here that um, this, this, this is from 
Um, this is from a, a document called Writing Prompts on Police Brutality and Racist Violence. Hexing people is an important way to get out anger and frustration, and they talk about making a list of specific people uh, from anyone who has uh, perpetrated my, microaggression all the way through to major abuses mm. and that you should hex people or place a curse on people that you no longer want to talk to and even people who are dead. So it's pretty full-on stuff. This is, this is so wild because, like, as much as we can talk about, like, whether we believe it's true or not, it's also just encouraging hate. So much hate. Like, like... So much hate. Okay, for example, like, as Christians, we believe in prayer. Yes. And there are people who wouldn't agree with us, like who would say, oh, well, we don't believe that prayer works and it exists. And that that's your right. That's right. To, to say that. I believe based on, you know, my Christian experience and the evidence that I've gathered, you know, through yep. living as a Christian that prayer works and prayer exists. And so, I, you know, I, I pray and I would encourage others to pray as well. Um, but the point of prayer is like to let God work in situations to ultimately help people. The point of hexing and cursing is to actively harm people. Yes, prayer is prayer is using the supernatural to help people. Mm. Hexing and cursing is using the supernatural to harm people. Yeah. And rather than this particular school district saying, look, we need to pray for our police officers, we need to pray for people who are racist, we need to pray for people who are, you know, homophobic, um, etc., we need to pray for people who, you know, well, all lives matter people, I don't even get that, but whatever. Um, we need to pray for these people that we disagree with. It's like, no, we need to curse them and great harm. We need to cause great harm to come to them. Mm. And that's a really, really toxic thing to, being, to, to be promoting in a school, particularly totally. where you've got, you know, young people, teenagers, you know, they're going through that stage where there is going to be conflicts in the schoolyard, there's going to be bullying, there's going to be all those kind of things that we all dealt with when we were in school. And kids can be pretty cruel. And what you are basically doing is like, yeah, okay, kids can be pretty cruel. How can we go about encouraging a greater level of cruelty amongst our student body? Mm. And this is one of the things I love about Christianity where Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those that hate you and despitefully use you, pray for them. It's such a contrast. Mm. And, you know, the darker the world gets, the brighter the light of Christianity shines. Praise God for that. Anyway, um, or praise God that, yeah, the light shines brighter. Let's talk about the leopard-like beast in front of the UN, the new statue. Have you seen that one floating around on social media? Yeah, I have. The one that was presented, it's in Mexico, I believe. Uh, it's been presented to the United Nations by Mexico. Okay, by Mexico. By Mexico, yeah. It's a, it's a gift. To the, so it's in front of the, the United Nations building. Yes. And uh, interesting to see it floating around on social media. Have you noticed any of the uh, discussion associated oh, with totally, it? Oh, like it's by like Christians. Like oh, in, in every Christian sure. group that I'm in on Facebook has been like, have you seen the statue? They've discovered the Antichrist. Oh, dude, it's the <laughs> New World Order, like Revelation 13. Yeah, they're all about it. Yeah. So anyway, if you've missed it, and if you're on social media, you wouldn't have missed it, but it's been there for about a month now, mm. uh, and basically what you've got is a large cat with wings. And the reason that this has caught people's attention is because in Revelation chapter 13, you've got a leopard-like beast, and this is definitely a leopard-like beast. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, called a jaguar, which is a leopard. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a leopard-like beast, and in Revelation 13, 
this leopard-like beast has feet like a bear and a mouth like a lion, which comes mm. from Daniel chapter 7 where you have a lion with eagle's wings, you have a bear, and you have a leopard with also with eagle's wings, mm. and you've got those three symbols combined together in Revelation chapter 13 minus the wings, and people are saying, well, they've combined, you know, they've, they've made the combined beast of uh, Daniel 7, which is about the Antichrist, and Revelation chapter 13, which is about the Antichrist. They've added the wings of Daniel 7 to the Revelation 13 one, taken off some of the heads, um, given it uh, rainbow colours, which is interesting, and placed it in front of the UN building. So here we are. We have found the Antichrist. It's <laughs> sitting out there in front of the building. Would love to know your thoughts this morning on what this is all about. 0491-064-669. Uh, give us a call or send, send us a text message. What do you think of this particular creature? Is this a fulfilment of Bible prophecy or is it a distraction? Mm. Of course, this is uh, supposed to be a symbol for peace and security. And the Bible says, you know, just before the return of Christ, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. Mm. And it's all about peace and safety, and it's all about promoting peace and safety. So let's see what happens uh, in this space. Love to hear your thoughts on what you think of the new beast outside of the United States, uh, the, sorry, the United Nations building in the United States. We did have some other stories, but we're out of time. Let's... You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Now, by the way, we've got a few text messages coming in to, uh, to talk about some of the news stories that we've been talking about, um, you know, particularly in relationship to the one that we covered on spiritualism and hexing people. Mm. Uh, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, and also the Beast of Revelation 13, is it in front of the United Nations building or not? Let us know what your thoughts are. But going to interview of the day, joining us on the phone right now is Health Director for North New, for our church in the North New South Wales region, which is Camilla Scaff. Camilla, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you this morning and so thankful that you've taken the time out of your unbelievably busy schedule to spend some time with us this morning. Camilla, you've been running the uh, the brand new cafe. Tell us about a little bit about how it has been going. We spoke to you about this about a month ago. Um, how's it all been going over there? Oh, it's going terrific. We're really, really excited. Every day meeting new people. Um, we've got people coming and finding out about us, I would say. They're looking for healthy foods and they come in and we have a chat and it's just going to be, um, that's what I thought today, wrapping up sort of the year, talking about uh, relationships and show, so, social prescribing. Have you heard of that before? Social prescribing. I haven't heard of social prescribing before. Is social prescribing, is that like matchmaking? What, what is it? <laughs> I say, is, is that like matchmaking? Is social prescribing like where I like, oh. I see somebody like, oh, I think you'd go really well with that person. You should get with that person. Is that social I'm wondering if that could. Well, I'm wondering if that could fit into that. So basically social prescribing, it's a term that has been used um, lately in the um, sort of a medical field as they got together into 2019 to talk about um, how to help people to uh, with their diseases, with their battles. And, you know, as you know, mental health is an ever-increasing issue, especially here in Australia. And um, they found out in some of the uh, assessments they made that up to 20% of the people that come to see a doctor, the actual issue is nothing to do with any physical things. It was more that they need 
to be more social. Uh, they were perhaps feeling lonely or they just needed to be part of a community. So they started to think about um, these terms, social prescribing. And now they're actually finding out services and ways to connect people. As you said, it's, a, it's sort of a matchmaking, but in that way, it's just matching people with some social activities, services, communities that will be helping them with their journey. So that way, um, it will also end up helping them physically on the way they feel. So they won't be feeling sick and um, they will feel happy. So that's what I want to share because I'm really happy with um, what a food pharmacy has brought to my life. It is ha It has been busy. I've worked a lot in this past um, few weeks or months, I would say. But, um, and I was thinking the other day, why is that that I'm working so hard and having so much to do and have, even having a few headaches, meaning not physical headaches, meaning like issues and problems to solve. However, I am feeling extremely happy. And I was, when I was, I came across this research about social prescribing and I thought, you know what? I've been meeting new people every day and I'm learning new things about them. And I think that's making me really happy, Lyle. That's absolutely amazing, Camilla. That's really exciting to hear this. And I've not heard of this before, but I think it's something that is so important. And the reason that I see the importance of it, because, you know, something that Lawson and I do from time to time is go out into the community. We go door knocking. We meet people. And probably one of the number one things that we find is lonely people. So many people are just yes. lonely. And uh, yes. you can see how that loneliness is going to drive all kinds of physical ailments. And in my mind, it's like, why? Why are people lonely when there are so, we are just surrounded by opportunities for social yeah. interaction that people, you know, particularly we find this amongst elderly people. We find a lot of um, elderly people that are lonely. And I'm like, just go and join yeah. your local church. There's going to be a group of people there, <laughs> regardless of whether you're a believer or not. You're going to have yeah. a social network of people that you can hang out with, people that you can have a meal together with, people that you can just be friends with, you know. There's, there's just so yeah, many opportunities yeah. for this. Yeah, and it's, look, Somebody might be listening and might be thinking, you know what, I've tried this before. And, you know, a lot of people that I find that don't go to a local church or don't belong to a community, it's oftentimes because they've been hurt in the past, of, you know, some sort of um, bad relationship or argument. Like, for instance, in, in, um, in this uh, social groups that they're describing as part of, like, um, you know, this health uh, approach, the resources and infrastructure to link patients with social services, they found that, look, there are lots of social determinants contributing to poor health. And um, and it's really, it, it's hard because, like, we're going on this epidemic of loneliness and mm. social isolation. And But a lot of people, a lot of times, the person themselves, they're going into that isolation journey where they don't want to see anyone. I've, all, I've just spoke with a person this week that told me, you know, Camila, I don't really want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. People are just bad for me. Like, I am a loner. And then I was thinking, and I said to him, I said, you know, do you think that you could be having some depression or something going on? Because you're usually very bubbly and social, and now you don't feel like seeing anyone. That's not like me. And just by having a 10-minute conversation, I quickly found out that he's been really hurt 
and um, and possibly, and he says, you know what, I'm possibly going through a, a moment of depression. And he recognized that he needed extra help. And it was not, if he was left alone to his own sort of choices, he, he would be ended up um, isolating himself and becoming lonely. And when you reach that point, it is always harder um, to reach the way back by yourself. So that's what I wanted to share, that, you know, sometimes we see people that are lonely and we think it's their choice. Um, and at some point back there, it could be their choice, but they might have reached the point where they just need that hand, the extra hand to help them. And, and that's why I think we can be agents in this um, journey of, uh, you know, social uh, prescribing because we might need that down the line. Maybe I'm feeling great today and I'm just, you know, engaging others in events and I'm, you know, at um, food pharmacy and meeting people. But maybe down the line, I'll be the one needing that extra hand. And as you said, Lyle, it is important to have that community, especially we always hope that in a church community where people want to follow Christ and follow his example, we will find mercy, we'll find true friendship and care. And I just wanted to appeal for people that may have had a negative experience in the past to um, pray about it, like allow God to enter your heart and, um, and, you know, maybe give it another chance, maybe a different group that you may uh, want to associate yourself with. Or just maybe pray for God to show you the way and um, to reach some friends. Um, because it's definitely, we have this, we are made for relationships. Yes. And we thrive with it. If we are having bad relationships in our lives, um, we, you know, that can affect us not only physically, but it can affect us on our well-being as a whole. So um, just, yeah, I, did, I didn't want to get on the sad part half of it, but I also didn't want it to make it that just like, oh, yeah, life is great, because I'm, I'm sure there are people that are there and they're just feeling, oh, my, you know, I'm, I'm done with it. And I don't think that's, you know, maybe give it another chance as we're approaching a new year and trying different methods. Uh, but more than that, if you're feeling like you just have reached the end of the line, maybe just even just have a little talk to God and say, you know, I've, I've been hurt and I, I promised myself I would never try relationships again, but maybe um, there is something for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something I think that's important because, as you mentioned earlier, there are people who have been hurt in, you know, been a part of a social network and have been hurt within that social network. And the important thing is to okay. not do away with having a social network but to replace something bad with something good. Yes, absolutely. And we, you know, humans, there's a proverb that I like that um, it says that um, the uh, wicked fall fall seven times. I mean, the the righteous righteous man falls seven times, but the wicked falls for calamity. So the, the fact that people make mistakes and the fact that people may have hurt you in the past, it doesn't mean that they will keep doing it. And if there are people out there that would be, keep doing that you can just like sort of leave them and avoid them but it doesn't mean that you need to avoid everyone so I I believe that there's always going to be someone that you can be true friends with and usually um, that pure love um, and friendship we can find in people that are Jesus followers Christ because Christ was one that mingled with everyone um, without his own you know self-interest 
So maybe we can surround ourselves by people that would be modeling Jesus. I think this is, and this is one of the things that I notice, you know, when it comes to churches and so forth, is that, you know, people sort of think about a church as, you know, maybe something, somewhere that you go, you know, several times a year during major festivals or somewhere where you go mm. even once a week. You're not going to build yeah. much of a social network that way. People that I find mm, that really, yeah. really have a, an effective social network, an effective community at a church, are people mm. who become a part of a small group, people who yeah. um, people who stay around after church and, and go to the fellowship lunch, people who, you know, really involve themselves with everything that's happening at a church. And the, and the great thing about churches is that they're, generally speaking, you know, there's going to be something for everyone. If you're part of a big church, you're going to have all kinds of programs for every different age group. Uh, if you're part of a small church, you're going to be, you know, part of that close-knit group where everybody knows everybody and everybody socialises yep. together. Um, and, and I think this is the perfect solution because, you know, it's something that exists in every community and it's relevant for everyone. I'm a member of, you know, a couple of uh, community groups, um, you know, Classic Clark Club and, 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 a, uh, mm-hmm. and, a, and a sporting group within my community, mm-hmm. and they're kind of more mm-hmm. niche. You know, if you're not into Classic mm-hmm. Cars, then you're yeah. not going to be a part of that yeah. club. But when it, when it comes to church, yeah. it's for everyone. Yes, yes, that's right. And, um, you know, everyone at any age can't, may need that social um Lift, I would say. Um, so, is Lawson with us this morning? Lawson yeah. is right here. Oh, man, I'm Absolutely. Right here. Hi, Lawson. <laughs> I thought I heard you. Okay, Lawson. So, I was, and I was actually thinking, like, we actually met through sort of a social group, isn't that right? Yeah, that's um, right. I remember a while ago. And um, how did that? Did you, I mean, maybe you wanted to uh, share a little bit about your experience, and maybe encourage somebody to take a risk and come to a new group, you know, and. Uh, Maybe the first, I, I just wanted to say that because we, I mean, Lawson came into our uh, church community, but at first he didn't really was interested in the church, mm. but he was interested maybe in the group, maybe on the girls of the group. I don't know, Lawson. <laughs> open the, yeah, well, Lawson tell Lawson, us the Lawson, truth. Oh, a, couple of, a couple of pretty young girls knock at his door. Of course he's going to be interested. Well, like, I'll, I'll let you know right now I wasn't interested in church, but that's the thing is, um, yeah, when, when two girls knock on your door and say, hey, Lawson, you seem like a cool guy. Do you want to come and have dinner with us? What am I going to say? No. Like, <laughs> as a single 17-year-old, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it definitely started throughout the social interaction, whether it was having dinner every Thursday together, playing volleyball or soccer every Sunday, um, and then just picking up other days and, and just having those social interactions and making friends. But then furthermore, when I, you know, meeting Camilla through Seeds and attending their Friday night programs and learning more about God and then coming along to church, of which like the first time I ever attended church, I remember being dreadfully hungover and I was not a Christian person. <laughs> Um, but I think, yeah, through the social interaction that I found and through this group of friends that supported me and met my needs as a friend, um, I could then find Jesus who would be, you know, the ultimate meter of, uh, meter of needs and now, you know, my Lord and Savior and who I follow and who I live for. So, And, and Lawson, what was your social network like before that? Oh, well, before that I was spending time with, you know, I had other friends. Um, mostly, yeah, just young people who rode motorbikes and 
drank a lot of alcohol. That was kind of that was the kind of key take home from my my social network. So um, definitely improvement in your social network as far as the activities that you got yeah. involved in because you still drive motorbike, ride motorbikes, <laughs> but you don't drink alcohol. Don't anymore. drink. So yeah, it wasn't like I had to change or anything, but yeah, God just really worked in that space, and I'm really thankful. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.